Hi, and welcome to something that hasn't happened a lot over the last week, a podcast. It's Tuesday, May 11th. Welcome to this edition of the show. Um, Wednesday's day, it's Tuesday now, but Wednesday's the day we have a guest. Tomorrow we'll have two local guests and both involve beer. Um, let's let's begin so we can get to something that made me extremely happy when I saw the news. I guess late last night and/or yesterday. And I apologize that we've um, a little a little lax in podcasts lately. Things have been coming up. Last Tuesday was opening day, so that couldn't happen. And then on Friday, I had to get out of here early. Um, so I could be the host for the Jeep Fest Hype Bash, which was an incredibly well put together event, as you might guess, for Jeep Fest. There's a couple more of these lined up before we get to actual Jeep Fest weekend, which is now like 80 some days away. So a big shout out to somebody who's been on the podcast before, Whitney Rothkar, who uh, runs a lot of things at Thread Marketing. Whitney uh, Whitney did an incredible job. There's one, there's one thing I despise at events. When I have to be at one, I'm at one, I'm part of one, and it's crickets. And there's just nothing going on. Um, this was not that. There was well over 300 people there. Everybody was busy the whole time. People waited around. Everybody who, who bought a raffle ticket hung around to the very end, two hours and 45 minutes into the event to snag some really cool prizes, a couple of food trucks that had some delicious smelling and looking food. Deuce's dogs, the fries got my attention. Um, El Padrino was there and lots of very cool people with some super cool, and I am not a car person one bit, not at all, but some people had some very cool looking Jeeps, whether they were just there to be a part of the event or they were part of the Glass City Crawlers who were a big part of putting on that event. It was a great night and um, thankfully it rained like hell before we set up and was gone for the rest of the night. So well done, well done, uh, Whitney and her group. Um, We'll come to what has me delighted in just a couple of minutes. First, I didn't have an opinion on it, um, but now I do. Giving or providing incentives of all different kinds. I think there was a place or at least a suggestion of pay people, like give people vax bucks, like 50 bucks or 100 bucks to get vaccinated so that we can finally do, I don't know, more Jeep Fest type events and really, really get back to normal. And as a friend, both both people, both friends who are in the health field, so are close to the science, as you know, you're. Not, it's very unlikely that you will get COVID once you're fully vaccinated. There, as you we've heard of long COVID, where you are just battling the effects of the virus for months, kind of like our friend Bethany's dad. There's also something called breakthrough COVID, where some people can still get hit with the virus even if they've been fully vaccinated. But as we've said from the outset of all this stuff, the efficacy is like a hundred percent. You might get COVID, but. It's about 100% you will not be hospitalized or die. That seems like a good route to go. Um, I was leery and hesitant of offering people incentives other than, I don't know, facts and information like that. Hey, do you want to not get COVID? Get vaccinated. And then I was very upset a couple of weeks ago when the Johnson & Johnson hiccup happened when, what, six people got really sick, one person um, uh a, a truly infinitesimal fraction of the people that have gotten it died. 
And then there was like a mass pause. Like we just stopped. And then within a week, um, we got back to it. And I figured that could do more harm than good. And I believe some graphs when it comes to vax data show that, yeah, there was a big pause. And anybody that was a little hesitant before might be a little or a lot more hesitant after after the Jackson, the Johnson & Johnson Hold up. Um, but I've decided to look at it this way. Um, while you should need nothing more than facts, data, and science to prove to you that you should get this, um, I get that some people need some prodding. Some people need some pushing. And I look at it like this. If you have to be given a an incentive, if you have to be given that incentive, if it's beer from Ernest Brew Works, um, which I think is such a cool idea, and I usually think that Ernest is on the right side of things. If they have to give you beer, there was some people up in arms when um, Krispy Kreme said you can have a free donut for, what, the whole year if you show that you've gotten vaccinated. Granted, it's it's free marketing. They get some business because nobody ever goes into Krispy Kreme for just a donut. You're going to get coffee or other donuts with it. So it's, it's good marketing, I suppose. And then there are people like, well, you're putting sugar in your body and blah, whatever. Whatever the incentive is, um, I am now for it because if we can turn some people who are hesitant, if there's somebody who's sitting on the fence and they're afraid to get it because they think they're going to deal with some really heavy side effects or they don't believe in it or whatever it is, um, if a free beer or a free donut or a free podcast visit or whatever that incentive is, if that will push somebody off the fence onto the side of getting it and then that person either has very manageable side effects and they can pass that gospel along, uh, that gospel along. again, what's the best form of marketing? Word of mouth marketing, the kind of marketing you don't have to do. And if somebody who is a fence sitter gets a vaccine and a free free beer from beer from Ernest, and they're like, you know, it wasn't that bad. And they tell somebody else, and that person who was on the fence tells some. Or like me, I was fully ready to get hammered by the second dose of Moderna. Um, I got it Saturday afternoon, and I just didn't make any plans the Sunday after, thinking, hey, I might even have to miss work on Monday. And I want to spread that gospel to you. We just don't know as far, in all the reading that I, I do. And I like to think I'm pretty well informed on this stuff. We don't know who's going to get hit with what side effects, if any at all. And I know there are people who are also terrified of needles, but um, you barely, I mean, you really don't feel the prick. It's afterwards where you're probably going to have a sore arm. But anybody who we can incentivize, prod, bribe, maybe a little blackmail to get a vaccine so they can share the story of, huh, it's kind of like the dentist. Like when you're done, it's like, that wasn't as bad as I expected it to be. It's kind of like, um, I don't know what the psychological definition of this is, but I think you'll, you'll once I put it out there, you'll go, yeah, that, that, is, that does sound right. Um, our memories, the good ones, are usually like we feel a lot better than them than they actually were. Same thing with the bad ones. The bad times we actually view them as a lot worse than they actually were. And as always, the truth for both good and bad is somewhere in the middle. But in this case, like you're dreading what could happen to you with the vaccine. And look, we have no idea about the long-term side effects. I've seen people making the jokes about 15 years from now, people who want to laugh at those who are going to have to call an, an 800 number to get their part of the lawsuit. I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about right now. And I don't ever want to be a short-term thinker. I want to see the big picture. 
But again, this is a medical miracle. This is something that we've never done in human history to get this vaccine so quickly. Well, for right now, for the good of, I don't know, several billion people, let's get vaxxed up. And again, I'm now on the side of if we've got to dangle a carrot in front of you for you to deal with things a lot better than you're anticipating so you can spread that story to somebody else, fine. Same thing with um, the, the vaccine Toledo Fire Department truck and anything else that's mobile, where we literally have to like knock on your door, and it's kind of like the um, the Blink-182 album cover with the nurse. It's kind of like, and if like that's the kind of person you see when you open the door up, it's not a Jehovah's Witness or somebody else trying to sell you uh, cheaper gas. Here's your shot, meeting people where they are, whatever we have to do. Uh, where was it? I think I, I sent out a tweet or re- retweeted something in the last 24 hours where it's like... I was going to say a bottle of water um, if or, or water. If you need a drink of water, like that, that can actually be hard to find. But if you want water, you can probably find it, but you have to find a water bottle or a, water, a public water fountain. In this case, um, you probably have an easier time finding a shot and getting that vaccine than you do finding a public water fountain if you need the other thing that we need to survive on, the, on this planet besides um, air, water. So um, let's move on to something I saw yesterday. Did you see that the Golden Globe? NBC is pulling the plug on, on the Golden Globes. NBC basically underwrites most of the Golden Globes. They pay for all the production costs. But they're a little tired with lack of movement from the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, who gives out the Golden Globes, which is often a reasonable harbinger for who's going to win what with the Oscars. It's just more of a boozy party before the very snooty and elitist Oscars a couple of weeks after that. But I guess the HFPA has had a lot of issues lately. Many people have asked for more inclusivity. Did I say that right? More more inclusion when it comes to um, people who are deciding the nominations and the awards and people who are getting nominated. So on both sides of the fence. And I guess there's other scandals as well, which I'll speculate on, but I don't think it's reckless speculation at all. But I'm all for this because as I've said for weeks and maybe months now on the podcast, there are too many award shows. And if I'm I'm sorry if the ones at the back of the line giving awards have ruined it for the ones like the Oscars and the Grammys, I apologize, but this is just the world that we live in now. In the same way, there are, no offense to myself, I guess, there are too many podcasts. Um, there are going to be plenty of podcasts for a person who wants to dive into podcasts and they're going to find some and go, wow, this sucks. No wonder why I never listened to it before. There's just, there's too many fish in the sea. There are too many award shows, but it seems like there might be one less one unless the Hollywood Foreign Press can clean itself up to the delight of NBC so NBC can continue to pay for the show. On the larger scale here, I'm just done with award shows. And I guess this is part of what NBC wants in cleaning up the scandals and inclusivity and things like that. Um, I'll use the analogy of baseball. And I'm sorry, I'm not going to get deep into stats here. But when um, annual baseball awards are presented, the Cy Young for the best pitcher, the MVP for the best overall player, rookie of the year, manager manager of the year, um, people who have written about and followed the game of baseball for a long time are given the honor of, of voting. And within the last 
five to maybe 10 years, you've got a younger, more inclusive electorate who is more than happy to explain why they have voted for player A over player B. In the past, it was a lot of like, uh, hey, maybe that player uh, was really good to me and gave me a lot of quotes for stories, or he was nice to my kids. Like glad-handing, handshakes, the backroom diplomacy, you know, hooking buddies up, hooking up your friends and relationships, which like last week with the uh, the stuff with the blocks and the blade and the FBI being involved. I don't know if there's kickbacks or not, but I know that relationships are paramount to so many things in our in our lives. Like think of you if you were running a business, if there were two equal places in the running for what you had to offer or someone you wanted to do business with, they were they each had equal skills and talent. You're going to go with the one you have the relationship with. There's nothing shady about that. That's just kind of how life works. But when we're talking about giving out awards, that stuff should be extracted because these are awards and honors, not necessarily business. So for a long time, the last 10 years, I've been, I'm able to follow writers and people who follow and talk about baseball all the time and Look at their arguments as to why they picked player A over player B. It, in other words, it's completely transparent. Um, there's still some shady things and questionable acts when it comes to voting for the Hall of Fame, and I don't love that. But as far as the annual awards, it's as transparent as anything in my life I can see. And they have to back it up, thankfully, you can look at for, for any sport. And we have this now in a lot of other things, too. We have mounds of data and things to analyze where we can almost objectively go, this should win. That person should win. And so far as I know, I, I mean, are there maybe I'd have to ask my good friend Justin, who is a film wonk. Um, and he puts a lot of pride and joy into these movie awards. I don't know if... Let's say Thelma Jones, who works for the Hollywood Foreign Press, why she nominated or voted for such and such. Did she base it on metrics? Is there data? Is there certain points of the movie that she can relate to past wins? Or is it just because she liked the director? She had a prior relationship. In anything, I would give more to these award shows if they were a lot like I'm saying here in sports, where there was more transparency more transparency as to why you voted for what walk me through the process to um these awards and again they are awards they are honors that can mean a lot to people you can take somebody who is a just a kind of a middling director who becomes a megastar because they win this award or maybe another director who's in the same case who is maybe more talented but didn't get the nod because of whatever shadiness going or lack of transparency happening with the voting process so i want transparency but more than anything and i guess these two go into transparency. I want integrity and merit. Um, I wish that we could live in a meritocracy where things that deserved the honors, awards, and other things that they're given are absolutely 1,000% deserving of them rather than the relationships or other backroom deals. Um, you can say the words like pay to play or whatever it may be if you have personal interests in these things. A um, bit of a quick example about 15 years ago in the music business. Um, 
Elliot Spitzer, the Attorney General of New York, cracked down on a lot of the favors and greasing of palms that was going on in the music business, where there were certain record labels who would hand out certain gifts to certain people who oversaw radio stations. It's called payola, where, um, hey, let me uh, let me give your station a couple of iPads and you get this song on the radio. Oh, and by the way, like that's usually above board. You can that's that's doing business for the most part. Now it's a little questionable. There's definitely shades of it, but. Elliot Spitzer wanted to crack down all of it. And there were people who would take those iPads and go, hey, you know, I can get you an extra couple of spins if I get an iPad. And that stuff, like the bad people, like with anything, the small percentage of people who run afoul from the rules and laws and guidelines ruin it for everybody. Where, hey, maybe those three iPads got this unknown artist on the air, and before you know it, we found out people really did like this artist that this record label did some pre-search on, and it just needed an opportunity. But then, again, there were bad people who were taking vacations and video game systems for their personal use and selves rather than professional use, because what happened with those three iPads for that one record that went on the radio? They were used as prizes to give away um, for radio station listeners. Totally clean business deal. But when that iPad winds up in somebody's den, big problem. And a lot of that stuff happens in a lot of industries. It changed the way um, the music business was run in the mid-2000s, like 04, 05, 06, to get like free CDs to give away after already playing like a Britney Spears album. There was tons of paperwork I had to fill out just to get CDs. Totally clean. It's like, hey, here's a thank you to you and your audience for supporting this artist and this, this act and this song. But stuff like that still happens in many, many industries, one of which is um, pharmaceuticals. Um, now, maybe I'm, I'm, overstep, uh, I'm overstepping here with my thoughts and, and opinion, but there are things, like, think about it, like, okay, so a song got on the radio that shouldn't have. That's not really affecting anybody's life. But sometimes I, would, I think certain drugs are pushed over other ones, um, and you're talking about affecting people's lives and their health because there is a payola or plugola thing that's going on with pharmaceuticals. And when you step back and think about that, like that, again, that's your health, not songs you enjoy or do not. So to go back here, I, I hope I'd be fo- totally fine with all these award shows going away. Unless we're going to maximize transparency, which will give us the ultimate integrity and merit. Um, a couple of food things to hit. So Saturday, I was having some people over. It was not a birthday party. It was a party because I wanted uh, my girlfriend Amanda to meet all my friends. And let me tell you, the end of the night was uh, was rocky. So much so where I basically shut down for about 36 hours. Um, yeah, it, it wasn't because it was for my birthday. It was just a time where she didn't have her son. Everybody was seemingly free. We were all kind of, you were antsy to get together with people again. Everybody there that was vaccinated, there was 10 to 15 people. So I felt comfortable and I felt at no risk. And I just wanted people to meet someone who I care very, wanted people who I care very much about to meet someone else who I brought into my life in the last four months or so who I care very much about. Um, There was, a, like I said, a dust up at the end. Uh, This is, I guess, my first discord in a relationship that I can remember. Um, Negative 10 out of 10 would not recommend. So I was looking for a... um, 
a way to get food. I, I was thinking, you know, keep it simple, do pizza. But then I started asking around on Saturday, and I stumbled upon uh, a friend recommended Mud City Barbecue. And I see they're on airport across from Swan Creek. I'm like, oh, I pass them every day. That guy's got his massive grill or smoker outside of D Icon from Club on airport. Sent him a couple of messages. Sent me, he sent me his menu. I picked out some things. I said, here, this list, will this fit, will, will this feed about 10 to 15 people for about 50 to 70 bucks? And I never heard back. Um, it's something that I take personally more than many other things, but I really dislike when people don't respond to emails, messages, texts. Even if I, I have a insufficient uh, hold on. Even if I have an insufficient reply, um, I'm like, hey, I can't talk right now. I'll do this later. I'm going to get something back to you rather than waiting and waiting and waiting. So nothing happened with Mud City Barbecue. I'm not the biggest on barbecue when I'm when it's coming to like a cheat foods per se, but I'd still like to try it. And um, I wanted everybody else to try it as well. So we wound up with Mama Mary's and they came through. And by the time I could even snag any pizza, it was mostly gone because Mama Mary's is always a win um remember the little so we had like two weeks of really lousy upsetting dog stories um faith the little dog from the toledo animal rescue had her eye surgery today i think she's gonna lose one of her eyes but she's gonna be okay and tomorrow i'm gonna go visit um steve and his crew at the toledo animal rescue i have to wait i have to hold off on adopting a third dog because i gotta get the boys up to date on some things but i will do that soon by the way, if you're looking to make any kind of appointment for something you don't do often, make the appointment now because everybody is booked way far out. Vets, dentists, and more. So good news with uh, Faith. And I did see a dog bond from, I think, Planned Pethood over the weekend at a little uh, dog adoption event they were holding outside of the Kroger on airport. And he was a little bigger than what I was looking for, but he seemingly checked all the boxes for being housebroken, gets along with dogs, um, good temperament, gets on a leash, doesn't need a yard. So maybe he'll still be there when I'm ready to look. Actually, I hope he's not. I hope somebody gets him. Uh, I saw today that the governor is going to make some changes to the unemployment rules. And I guess you're going to have to show that you're actively applying for jobs. I remember when I was getting unemployment from... October of 2017 to March of 2018. Every week, I had to show that I applied to three places. I applied to radio stations across the country, some local places, and I was—I had a strategy. So I'll come back to that now. I'll explain why I did what I did. Um, and as uh, Dak Orozco on the Facebook page today said. These people might, they might apply, but they might not be qualified or have any interest in these jobs. I get that. I was the same way. I'll explain myself in a moment. But at least they, there is another hurdle for these people um, because it's getting really bad. I think we can say that we made a mistake with the latest expanded and extended unemployment benefits going like an extra $300 a week through September. I think I saw that it said, if you make $32,000 a year, it doesn't make sense for you to actually work when you can make that money, and we'll include health insurance in this as well. Um, You can just make that money through unemployment benefits, and we see that businesses are having a hard time remaining open, there's a lot of employee turnover, and I think we have enough data. Again, always the 
the bench line here, the benchmark. I am not an economist, but it seems like we extended these benefits for too long. However, if somebody were to say this to me, I'm taking this money because I was treated like shit and got paid shit for a really legitimately tough job that I wanted to love, but it didn't love me back for a long time. So I'm taking this money. Fine. You get no argument from me. Also, if you add to that, I'm putting this money away. I'm going to save some of it and give myself a little bit of a nest egg. So if anything catastrophic happens again, I will be okay. But when I'm ready to go back to when I can, when this, when I can't get another cent from the state and, and the government, I'm back to work. You got that? Fine. Awesome. Per- that's a strategy. In June of 2017, when I got let go from iHeart for the second time, <clears throat> um, my goal was to. I had one plan, and I remember there was a uh, Tom Brady said this, did an interview during the 20. 20- 17 into 18 Super Bowl where they lost to the Eagles. <clears throat> I've always said, you need to have a plan B that's as good as, as your plan A. And plan C and D and go as many letters deep into the alphabet so that you can make it. Tom Brady had a different plan and I think both can work. He said, I only had plan A. I was going to make plan A work no matter what. Okay, so make sure you have strategized this and you have every box checked so that plan A works. So you don't have to tap into the rest of the alphabet. Obviously, his worked out okay. Um, My plan A was I'm going to wait out my non-compete and I'm going to find a way to work at Cumulus Broadcasting. Um, And thank God, with some connections and me being a pest, it worked out. And I got the morning show back in December of 18. That didn't quite work out, but at least I am still here being able to do the afternoon show and podcast. So my plan worked out. The other part of that plan was um, people would ask, what hours do you work? They heard us on the radio in the morning. And I go, all of them. Like literally all of them because there were emails that I wasn't answering but they were still coming when I was asleep. I would, at, at best, I would say, um, from when I wake up to when I go to bed, which is like quarter to five till about 9.30 at the latest. But I never made it that long. I was always working. And in 2014, when I decided that I could try the morning show job because we couldn't find another host, I knew that I was taking on two massive responsibilities. Taking on the morning show and making sure it still did well. And two... Um, still overseeing the radio station and another one and having to deal with a growing pile of corporate push-down responsibilities. Those are the people who would send last-minute emails that this needs to be done while everybody's gone for the weekend. So again, I was always working. I was paid well, and that was my thing. I said, I'm going to just make a lot of money, work so much I don't have time to spend that money, and then give myself the freedom to make some choices if I want to several years down the road. The choice was made for me. You have to leave. But I wasn't going to leave Toledo, mostly because people said, thank you for, for, for doing here in the community what you've done for mental health. You helped me. You helped someone I love. You helped someone in my family. Thank you. I said, I got to stay here and, and cash that in. So that whole summer, um, I was I was getting, I got three months of severance. It was three months of severance, my same paycheck as before, and a three-month non-compete. And the second my severance ended, I signed up for unemployment. Because I was going to use that time productively. And I believe that I did. I took all the meetings that I was never able to take before because I was always working. People that would come into the radio station and we'd be like, hey, let's let's get coffee sometime. I could never do it. 
with that time off, with that time that I wasn't actually working, I was working a little bit here with Cumulus at the time, but not every day. I was doing those meetings. I was doing more speaking engagements with um, various groups that I was welcomed into. I looked at it as <clears throat> that unemployment was um, was paying me to do these speaking gigs and, and lots of other volunteer things that I was able to give my time to. That's the thought process that I had. Um, and then I realized that Cobra was way too expensive, but my dad from practically since I was 20 said, you need to have health insurance. Um, and, and I got that over the years. So I did the Medicaid thing and it was nice knowing I'll never forget. I called up one day to ask about a bill and and the woman was so kind. She's like, honey, if you ever get a bill, you let us know. You're not supposed to be getting a bill at all. And I wasn't, taking advantage of that, just sitting on my butt at home. Like I said, I was volunteering and giving my time. And while I didn't have a job per se, I was doing things that were meaningful to the community and to myself and using that time and those resources that I was able to take advantage of to set myself up for what was part of the larger plan. And it worked out. So if you're going to continue to take that money for extended unemployment, just a reminder, um, it's going to stop at some point, and I hope you were productive like I was. I hope you were able to stockpile some of that very generous unemployment money given to you. And I hope, again, I'm not an economist, but I'm going to guess when the extended unemployment benefits end, there will be a mad rush for people to go back to work. And potentially, those generous wages that are being offered by employers aren't so generous anymore. What was $16 before, or right now, is 13 in the future. But you, as I always say, let the math make the decision for you. Hopefully, if you do your math right, it'll be a good decision. Last thing. I know you, like me, have played with your thermostat over the last week. Um, I put my heat back on. It's at like 61 or something. So bundle up if you come into my house. So I want to run something by you. The last five to seven years or so. I remember as a kid, when I had spring break, I was always outside playing basketball, um, whatever. I was outside. And I remember it being pretty nice. Um, This can go back to good memories, bad memories. So maybe I'm misremembering. But it feels like over the last half decade to 10 years, spring weather has been arriving later. I remember a couple of Memorial Days ago, it was in the 50s. I never remember any of that Look, there's not much difference in weather from where I grew up and here. A couple of degrees, but nothing drastic by any means. But it was in the 50s for Memorial Day. It was maybe two, three Memorial Days ago. I never, like, summer was just about on the precipice of hitting most Memorial Days that I can remember for the entirety of my life. Um, Saturday morning baseball games in, in maybe late March, early April, May, some were cold and chilly if we had the 8 o'clock game, but for the most part, you know, you were playing in a t-shirt and, and baseball pants. Like, it was warm enough to play baseball. Not constantly chilly like it's been recently. Um, then I remembered, well, the last handful of October, it's not all of them, but some, summer has lingered near Halloween. So one, tell me if I'm crazy. You know that I am. It's the bipolar depression playing. But weather crazy. Uh, am I, am I, is this just... Am I misremembering this anecdotally or am I on to something here where spring weather has arrived later, but summer weather has lasted longer? The earth is changing, right? 
mean, this may have been a thing for decades before we can remember. Um, the earth is always changing. But I just want to see if you agree with that. And I I would, I think I have to say I don't like it. I would prefer spring show up when we get into the spring season. And then when September hits, fine. Give us 50 degrees and 37 degree nights like we're going to have tonight. So, um, sorry we've missed a bunch lately. Two great beer guests tomorrow. One for Heavy and one for uh, who has a connection with Ernest Brewwork. So, it's Drinking and Dogs. Should be a great podcast. Um, and again, apologies for us having missed some over the last week. And I can't do it like they can. But bye.